National media continues to exaggerate and promote misleading negative headlines designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose job it is to enforce it. Remember, the only people who want to defund the police and dismantle these agencies are the criminals. And don't forget to thank a cop. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining Law Matters. Our guest today is Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels. How are you? Hi, Sherry. It's great to be back, right? Tis the season. Tis the season. Yeah, for porch pirates. Do you have them down there? We don't We don't get that. And so we, we, we're glad we don't have it. And go somewhere else with that. Because if you come to our place, we're going to arrest you for it. Well, what I'm wondering is how many of them ended up with those Cologuard test kits? Yes. And, and <laughs> I hope they use them wisely. <laughs> it's like, surprise. <laughs> So it seems like we have a free-for-all going on at the border, and thousands of people are just coming across, not legally. So what's happening in Cochise County? Because it's affecting everybody. Oh, it is. And and let me just say this. I've been saying this for several years, along with my fellow sheriffs that are engaged in this, is the fact that we have intellectual and uh, avoidance and abandonment with intended consequences. It's been going on for three years. This administration has failed to share an operational plan with any sheriffs, police chiefs, governors, you name it, uh, and act like this is it's intellectual avoidance here. Then, and what's happening is they've they have actually done their job. I mean, if you think about, it, they had a strategy to open the border. And if you go back and look at some of the pre-interviews with President Biden, he said he wanted open borders. This, uh, and he claimed and he, he caveated that with inhumane treatment by the former administration. Well, we have what he wanted. We really do. Congress sat by and complained on it, did pointed fingers, played the shell game of blame, and guess what we have? We have unprecedented records being set in the Tucson sector and the southwest border. We've seen it. We've seen the tragedies. And I'll just hit on this. National Sheriffs, and I chair the National Sheriffs Border Security, so I'm really involved in all this. We've been calling this out. We've been seeing it, but we sat on three things, public safety, national security, and humanitarian. Every category has been a fracture by Congress, and I'm talking about U.S. Congress, and I'm about the White House. You look at the numbers that have come across. I think we're pushing 7 million people of encounters have come across the border in this administration. You look at the over, uh, was it 1.5 million, 1.6 million gotaways, and those are a minor number. And I got to say this so I don't forget. A year ago, we had 13 aerostats along the southwest border. Right. We have four left. Last February, I was in Washington, D.C., They asked, I asked that question because the rumor was they're going away. Well, they are. They did not fund them for in the current fiscal year, federal fiscal year. There's four left. Did they replace them with anything? It's funny you ask that. It's a common sense question. It, it is. Anybody ask that question, well, if they're going to come down, what do we replace them with? This is a quote. We haven't developed the technology to replace them yet, but they took them down anyway. But here's the, here's the catch. No plan B. The aerostats, besides some of the most sophisticated camera system you've ever seen, that's also the number one calculator of gotaways. Wow. Take away your aerostats. Watch the numbers go down. Hold me on this show on that statement. In a year, hey, look at our gotaway numbers are really down. See, we don't have the problem. No, you took the technology to erase that. So, yes, the border is in serious trouble. It's an impact to every community, every border state, as we're seeing on the news right now, and what you don't see is engagement from the White House. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. I did have a conversation with the White House. They did come to Cochise County. We can talk about that. Um, but I'm telling you, and this is something for your viewers. I'll say it again before we get off the show. 
This is the first president in modern day history that has not met with one sheriff in this country. Not he hasn't? One. He has not. And there's oh not God. one sheriff on the major county sheriff's association, oh, national sheriff, western state or southwest border, the four major sheriff associations that represent the 3,000 plus communities in this country that he has met with. He has, and it's not by um, invite. We've invited him numerous times in different organizations, our NSA president all the way through. He has chose not to even respond, not to even answer us, and totally neglected us, which I have brought up to the White House recently. So we've got all these people coming into the country. How does he figure, or anybody figure, I can't read somebody else's mind, but you're not doing them any favors. They're being stuck down there, down by the border. They're freezing. They're outside, building little fires, trashing the area. Why don't we have a In fact, I put together a system. I sent it to you. Why don't we have a system that makes sense and allow these people to come in in a reasonable manner so they're not being treated this way? That's not helping them either. No, it's not. And I continue to say this, and I want to make sure people hear this too today, is what we're doing in Cochise County with our innovative enforcement programs, our prevention and awareness programs, is protecting migrants too. Yes, exactly. People forget that. But when you shove a seven-year-old in a trunk and you go, a 16-year-old driver goes 100 miles an hour, headlights off in the opposite lane traffic, and I'll go over my stats here in a minute in Cochise County, my whole point of this is the federal government keeps talking about this as inhumane what President Trump and the former administration did. Well, under this administration, over 1,500, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know it's over, I think it's over 1,500, pushing 2,000 migrants that came across the border illegally have died on U.S. soil in horrific deaths. And that's not inhumane. And then you look at the amount of servant behavior going on by the um, the cartels. Anybody comes across that border is touched by the cartels. They pay a fee. They don't have the money. They come servant for drugs, prostitution, labor, enforcement, whatever you want to look at. So we are actually allowing a criminal enterprise, the criminal cartels, the gift of crime. We really are. I know it's just the season, but it's the gift of crime because these humans, think about this, is besides poisoning, fentanyl, and all the stuff coming across the board, I'm sure we'll talk about that, a human being is a repetitive criminal and the fa- or a victim of crime in the fact that they will, a drug used at one time, there's your benefit. These children, these females, and even the males are being victimized over and over for the benefit of the crime, and we're not doing a dang thing about it, but saying there is no problem in the border, the border is effectively secured. What, what? That's the one of the worst leadership I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, people don't consider that slavery. That is slavery. That's modern-day slavery. You yeah, bet. and the cartel are running the Mexican border, but they're yep. also running our country. They are. I mean, they're controlling what comes in the border. Let Sherry, think about this for me. I've been saying this here. We close. This is... Let me step, take a step back. So this is something that we've seen over the last three years. The infrastructure with CBP, Customs and Border Patrol, has truly been fractured. And slowly but surely, aerostats, checkpoints, staffing, morale, institutional leaders leaving Border Patrol. I mean, you can go on. And now we close down legal ingress, degress, port of entry, shut it down to address illegal entry, and with no consequences. And the consequences is welcome to America. There's a federal law that says if you come across the border illegally, you're immediately expelled. No right. questions asked. And we they're not doing set, that. We have set that rule of law aside 
to address the welcome packet. We have gone backwards. We can bring dirt from the moon, but we can't stop our border. This is intentional operational behavior by the by the White House and members of Congress. And members of Congress. Yes. Yes. The people that are coming across, all across, that those videos that we see on the news, those people should be t- turned around and said, sent back. But the ones that they're welcoming in, do they take their photo, their fingerprints, and a DNA sample of these people? There's a processing, yes. And here, here's where the... Uh, the blurriness or the lack of clarity comes from. We have no idea when these people come in the country what their background is. We have no idea. I mean, we don't have a vetting system with these countries. So when they say, hey, I'm a good person, how do we know that? So, yes, we do stuff like that, but you can't bet something against something that's not there. So mm-hmm. these people are being allowed in. Here, I just said this yesterday, too, is, and, and we had a meeting with the governor's, Governor Hobbs' office yesterday on the border and I know she's asking for a half a billion dollars reimbursement to the state, which is, and you got Governor Adams, or excuse me, Mayor Adams on New York, uh, Mayor uh, Bowser's on D.C. saying, give us money, Denver Mayor, we need money. This is a money pit. We have made this a money pit. Yeah. We're putting money band-aids on a triage situation because nobody's talking about the root of the a problem, solution. border security, national security. It's buried in the political side of this. And I've called this now. This is not about public safety no more, Sherry. This is about political safety yeah. under a false pretense. But we're going to keep dumping money into it. I'm waiting for Mayor Adams and others that are saying, hey, I need money now. No, tell me how to fix the problem, and let's get to the table on that. Because until you start calling out the White House and Congress and say, we got to fix it, we're going to keep dumping money. And that's taxpayers' money being flushed, being flushed. And that's they're sad. I heard an interview the other day where – the VA system, Veterans Affairs, and don't hold me, this, this is what I heard by a very respectable individual that said that the VA is now taking care of the migrants. Really? Yes. Now think about that for a minute. I just heard this this week, and there's going to be more to follow on that. So the VA has been taking care of the, it's going to start taking care of the migrants coming across the border. The VA is has enough allocation, barely, to take care of our good vets in this in this country that have served our country wisely. And now you're going to start shuffling that, the migrants, into it. And I'm not in about inhumane saying you can't take care of people. That's the last thing I'm saying. But our vets always should be a priority. Absolutely. And I've said this, America first has been set aside for a really unique situation in this country because we've created the situation. And until we de-incentivize people coming to this country, which we there is none, people just keep saying. They had an interview the other day with some migrants, and they said, we thought it would be really tough coming to the United States. It wasn't. Just the opposite. Now, what do you think they're going to do? Hey, call back home, send six more, six more family, come on over, this is easy. And yeah. it is. It's truly easy. We see it every day. See, I don't, I don't, I was talking to somebody the other day about it too, and I was like, okay, take a glass and pour milk in that glass. The glass is full, but you still have more milk. Does that mean you keep pouring? Yeah. That's when it gets messy. <laughs> it gets real messy. And, you know, this is this whole situation, it's got to stop there. Is there any city in Arizona that's a sanctuary city? No, there's no sanctuary cities. Uh, there's people that skirt it. There's people that um, kind of claim to be, but there's no actually, um, I don't want to say certified, but actually uh, authorized sanctuary city in Arizona. Because they're not set up for it. Well, no. And, you know, most if you think about communities, look at Cochise County. 
we have enough allocated resources to take care of our our population. Right. Maybe maybe a little bit extra, but we we don't have a the reason we don't have the resources of Pima County is we don't have the population to support it. It's all right. relevant. So when you dump, somebody told me this the other day too. Uh, I think it was one of my commanders or something that since May we've had over twenty thousand street releases in Cochise County. Wow. Now people are saying, well, you know, sheriff, they're coming across the border. No, they're not. This is what's another failed operational plan. So Ajo, uh, the Lukeville area, you know they're getting flooded. These are all these give-ups. Yeah. Cochise County doesn't deal with give-ups. I can't remember the last give-up in Cochise County. It's all fight and flight, and I'll go over my stats to share that. We deal with the crime side of it, the border. What they're doing is the federal government, thanks to their wisdom, I, I'm sorry if I sound frustrated, I, I am. They're busing those migrants, get them on buses, in Lukeville, Ajo, and transporting them a couple hours down to Cochise County taking my enforcement agents, which are limited at best now, put them in processing, and then doing street releases in Cochise County without any resources. And so the <laughs> state of Arizona has been sending buses down there since May to get them pretty much post-42, Title 42, right. to pull them out of there. Now, have they slept in city hall lobbies? Have they slept down there in churches? You bet they have because that funding is running out. Pima County continues to struggle with the NDOs, and I appreciate what they've done here in Pima County because if it wasn't for them, that's 20,000 people running around the streets of Cochise County looking for a destination. I saw on the news, and I watched several channels, so I can't tell you which news station it was, but they went down there and they were asking people, you know, why are you here, where are you going? And some people, you know, Colorado, my aunt's house, New York, do you have a job? No. What are you going to do when you get there? I don't know. Does your aunt have the funds to support you when you, you know, is she going to take you on? Or are you going to be applying for assistance because you have no money, no home, right. no no job? It's just crazy. And the one guy said, oh, I just want a job so I can send the money back to wherever he came. I think it was Nicaragua. I'm like, how is that helping our economy? Well, it, it doesn't. And I mean, I guess you could say, hey, we're getting the products, getting to the products into homes and communities. But here's my flaw. I don't have an issue. I don't think most of us do. I don't think you do, Sherry, with legal processes no. and due processes. My That's grandfather what, was an immigrant. Well, there you go. And I mean, he came in legally. <laughs> and what an honor to do that. And what and, you know, I've heard Congressman Scamanti talk about that, how he's done his journey. I've heard him go. He attends those ceremonies for citizenship. There's something special about that. But when you bury that with illegal, without a process, what are we saying about the rule of law? What are we saying about due process? It's, they're thumbing their nose at our rule of law. They are. We're changing who we are. And I guarantee you, if our forefathers could pop out of their wooden boxes and get up on earth right now, and say, they would say, what are you doing to our country? And and again, it's not that we're not trying to be humane. You and I, I mean, we do so much. I know you do a ton for communities, human trafficking, all that. Sherry, you do amazing. Uh, the show here, getting the word out there. But the reality is this. We have to do it right, and we have to do it legally. Yes. Not based on – the law wasn't uh, built. It's built based on the rule of law. That's democracy. The people put the laws together, the republic. But what gets me is we're we're actually fulfilling the rule of law based on opinions, emotions, and politics. Yeah. We have failed. I want to get reelected, so I'm going to do it this way and screw the law. I say that, too. If Congress will quit worrying about being reelected and all elected officials and just do what the oath says them, 
run over some of your numbers with me because this is this is appalling yeah this is so we've taken border security very serious very serious Immigration, I don't, state law enforcement doesn't have any immigration authority, but we're seeing the victimization of immigration in our country and to Klukochis County. So over the last two years, and just, you know, we got a couple weeks left here in December to close it out, but in, uh, as of yesterday, the pursuits fair to yield, and these are 99% smuggling, was 409 people were booked in my jail for running from the cops in Cochise County. Wow. And give you an example, we just had one the other day. I guess from a kid from Tucson, 21-year, 20-year-old from Tucson, ran from my deputies, uh, ran from law enforcement. He actually turned into our Cochise College campus, jumped out with a bag, locked the campus down, ran into our police academy there, which that was his demise. But either way, <laughs> he went to custody. But we had a lockdown. We didn't know what he had. He had illicit drugs. Yeah. He's sitting in my jail right now. I mean, it just goes on and on. Every day is a story. Every day is a tragedy. Um, it's just horrible. There was a new law passed September 28th of 2022. And that law states if you smuggle for profit in the state of Arizona, you can be charged. It's a class two felony. Cochise County has led led that enforcement. Uh, I think at one time we were the only ones enforcing that law. I think at night right now we're the only one consistently enforcing that law. And that goes to credit to Brian McIntyre, our county attorney. So for the last 14, 14 and a half months, we have put in jail 556 smuggler drivers in Cochise County. And that's what we got our hands on. Yeah, the ones that got away, we have no numbers on. Yeah. It's amazing. But let me tell you something. This is something else we do. We have partnerships. So we are just in Phoenix this week. So if we get it, we have cameras throughout Cochise County. We have more technology you can throw a stick at. So we get a picture of you and we can positively ID you and you do get away from us. A lot do. Well, come. To, we'll, we'll be knocking on your door. We brought one back the other day from Scottsdale on the job site. We're at the Scottsdale airport. We walked up, picked his butt up, and brought him back. He's sitting in my jail now. So don't think just because you get out the walls of Cochise County, you're done. We're coming at you. We're going to come at you with warrants because there has to be that tale of consequences. Otherwise, they'll be back down. And we tell people, come visit our county. It's a beautiful county, but it's not a county of crime destination. So if you come here, we got a spot for you. But what's staggering is, I just verified this yesterday, our border crimes in the last two years, these are crimes that are connected to the border. We booked 2,803 people in Cochise County for border crimes. Okay, now think about that. 2,803 people. That's huge. That, it's, it's unreal. And, I, and I'll challenge that. That just shows you the dedication to keep our community safe. And this is on the back of, and I partner with the state of Arizona on this because they help a lot of my funding. I'll talk about that. But the reality is, where's the, the heck is Washington, D.C. on this? That, that's, that represents about 40 to 44% of all my jail population is border crimes right now. Wow. And that's costing a lot of money. And Sherry, the cost on that, let's get that in there. The cost over the last two years to the Cochise County taxpayers would have been $8.6 million just for border crimes. For jail, that's just jail incarceration, not prosecution, not uh, the work of law enforcement. And thanks to the partnership I have with the state of Arizona, not the federal government, they help us pay that bill. Otherwise, I'd be in serious trouble in Cochise County if it wasn't for the state of Arizona. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's a huge number. How many of those people were illegals? Out of the 2,803, and this is where people get it backwards, only 151 were foreign-born or illegally in this country. When I say foreign-born, that means they're not legally supposed to be here. So only 151. 
that is the most discouraging numbers I'll give you today because it tells me that we have Americans coming to Cochise County and, and I guarantee you Santa Cruz, Pima, and Yuma and other parts of the southwest border to commit international crime. That is treason. Do you work, I know when um, Sheriff Napier was here, everybody worked together. What is the system now for working together with your other counties? Because it used to be a cohesive unit. It seems to be a little fractured. We have a program we kicked off March of 2022 called Safe Streets. And we kicked that off with our local law enforcement, our troopers, and even Border Patrol agents had a badge. We all worked so close together. And that was a targeted task force to deal with the crime I just spoke about, any crime with the border. Sadly, several months ago, our crime, the uptick was getting worse. So we actually, I approached the Arizona Sheriff Association sheriffs and said, I need help. Sheriffs throughout the state that, I mean, a lot of sheriffs are hurting. Let's just face it, retention, <laughs> recruitment. Yeah. So sheriffs all supported this unanimous support to come to Cochise County. So uh, we had sheriff's deputies from Yavapai, Coconino, Apache, Navo, I mean, you name it, Pinal, I mean, everything, where I did not get support. Uh, mainly because they're not part of the Arizona Sheriff's Association, too, is Pima or Santa Cruz. My governing neighbors uh, did not support this. So I wonder what their crime stats are. They're no different than mine. I, we're all four border counties. We're not unique, Sherry. People think, well, maybe Cochise getting the beef of it. No, no. What happens in my county is happening to Yuma, Santa Cruz, and Pima. And the Yuma Sheriff's all over this, too. I mean, he's fighting the good fight. I'm not saying Santa Cruz and Pima are not fighting the good fight, but they're not partnered to fight the good fight. So it takes cooperation with everybody to get things done, too. So the, that's that's kind of sad. The recipe of success here is when state, local, and federal leadership and law enforcement come together with a common message and a common action plan. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. Southern Arizona Against Slavery is hosting its first annual Human Trafficking Awareness Walk January 20th at Reed Park. This free event is open to community members of all ages, and you may register on our website, sastucson.com. That's S-A-A-S, Tucson.com. In addition to the walk, you'll find a silent auction, food trucks, jumping castles, and a variety of ways to donate to efforts directly combating human trafficking in our community. We hope to see you there. Law Matters is asking you to tune in every Saturday morning at 8 to hear from law enforcement and professionals in the industry. This coming year, Law Matters will be hosting educational events on topics that should concern everyone, like slavery, sexual predators, gun violence, and illegal drugs. And if you're buying illegal drugs, you are the problem. Because without buyers, there would be no sellers. Stay tuned to Law Matters for more event details as they develop. Law Matters and Pima Federal Credit Union are hosting a free educational event on the topics of Internet scams and how AI can impact your future. Join us at 10 a.m. on Saturday, January 6th at Pima Federal, located at 6850 North Oracle Road in Tucson. For more information and to sign up, visit lawmatters1030.org. 911, what are you reporting? 
Um, I'd like to report a break-in into my car. I came out this morning and my laptop bag is gone and some of my books are gone. Are any of the windows broken or anything like that? Nothing's broken. Did you leave your vehicle unlocked or did you lock it before you went inside? I thought I locked it, but I, I don't think I did. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get an officer out to you as soon as I can. This doesn't have to be you. Remember to lock it or lose it. This has been a message from the Marana Police Department. Thanks for staying with us. Our guest today is Cochise County Sheriff Mark Dennels, and we're talking about issues on the border. I understand, uh, heard that we lost a Border Patrol agent down in your county. Can you tell us what happened? Well, several weeks ago, uh, Agent Ortiz, <laughs> Freddie Ortiz, uh, and our guy, our interdiction team's out there. He's out there. We work very close. I mean, these agents, these deputies, these troopers, these officers, that's that's our community. We li- we're neighbors. We all live together. Our kids go to school together, on and on. So when we lose somebody in a rural community, that that's hurt. That hurts. That really hurts, Sherry. And in, in this case, he was uh, responding to uh, a group of illegals uh, on his ATV. Uh, ended up crashing and uh, hit a pole and uh, obviously perished. So um, that was tough. And I'll just say this. Uh, I was attending his funeral. There was over 100 Border Patrol agents there. I mean, from all over. You you had local law enforcement there. You had a sheriff's office there, myself, uh, some other sheriff's offices there. And I got to say this. I'm just going to say it. Who wasn't there was one Arizona congressional member. Not one. Oh, my God. Yes. And I called that out. And, uh, again, we don't force people to go to funerals. But there's a certain obligation that you should be when you have a, a community or, or a, somebody that wears a badge that dies in the line of duty, your butt should be sitting in, a, in there supporting that family and supporting that community that's in mourning. Um, it, it was just amazing. I mean, that we did not see that. No congressional members were sitting in that room. I, and I was told later, well, some of them called, they called Border Patrol. No. It don't matter. You, you sit there and you show that support. And that's what's the problem in this country. Uh, when it comes to law enforcement, it's like we're getting real lonely out there. We've been through hell here the last few years, and to see that, and that's what followed up a conversation I had with Director uh, Ray's from the FBI. Tell me about that conversation. So here, back the first of the year, Director Ray's, uh, Chris Ray's from the FBI, asked to meet with me, and I had to be in D.C., so we set it up while I was back there. I had a couple other sheriffs with me, and he talked to me about the border. So I gave him my overview of the border, things we need to do, solutions to include where we're at. Not what the national media wants you to believe, but what's really going on on the border. At the end, he asked me, Sherry, he goes, Sheriff, anything else we need to talk about? I said, yeah, there is. I said, Director, last year, 229 law enforcement officers, community heroes, and that's what I'm going to call them, were killed in the line of duty in this country. I said, let me ask you something. Are those 229 law enforcement heroes how many funerals did the President of the United States, the Vice President, or his cabinet attend? Zero. Exactly. And I said that. And he looked at me, and he said, Sheriff, that's close to my heart. And I quote that. And I said, what's that mean, Director? And he goes, any sheriff or any uh, law enforcement officer is killed, I call the sheriff or the police chief to give my condolences. I said, Director, let's do this then. Let's change it. We need our federal government back in our community supporting those who wear a badge, those who put their lives on the line, 
So I said, on behalf of national sheriffs, let's let's get the federal government and let's lead that. And he agreed he would do that. I had a very good conversation with him. I know there's a lot of you know problems with some of the things that people look at him and what he says and what his decisions are. But I tell you, I got to give him uh, props on what we had that conversation. And on the other thing I asked him to do is this, Sherry. You got to stop supporting your CBP agents, your Border Patrol agents, your Customs agents out there that are putting their lives on the line. And we're seeing so much attack on law enforcement as a result of this open border because they feel like they're empowered. You know how many yeah, people tell us, Sherry? We get these people in groups and they say, we love Biden. We love this president. And some of the words they've called Trump. Now listen, I don't care if you like Trump or not or I like Trump or not. It's irrelevant. What I'm saying to you is when they say that, there's a reason they're saying it because they've been gifted to come yeah. in this country. Um, and so, yes, it, it's just discouraging. And that same night that I met with Director Race. We had a border patrol agent significantly attacked and assaulted in my county. FBI refused to come out. What that means is, and that ain't the first time, that's what this sparked this conversation. What that means is my office takes it. We'll take the assault, which we don't mind doing, but dang it, get out there and help your your federal agents that are doing this. And uh, so obviously the next day we changed that. They were out there helping by the next day. But either way, it's, it's we have a job to do and that's protect our citizens but we got to protect ourselves too exactly. we can't let that neglect it you've been great on that sherry and your show your community events and outreach thank you for what you're doing because there's not enough love right now for law enforcement and i'm going to keep pushing that message i truly am we need strong law enforcement leaders to push that message and it, it's that you're talking on this subject because i've been doing a lot of research for a show that's coming up and i came up with uh, 56 officers who were killed in the line of duty and not once did we have protests, riots, torch buildings, looting, no L. Sharpton, nothing. And I'm like, what's the matter with these people? This shouldn't be happening. So we, we've got a show coming up Good for you. on that very topic. And, and that's what I'm talking about. We had a, I've had a couple of deputies almost killed over the last several months. One is still off the job on crutches right now, almost lost his life. And, in fact, CBS Evening News, uh, National News, was riding with them when this happened. A wow. smuggler over 100 miles an hour, uh, he tried to interdict with, uh, with uh, tire deflation devices, uh, but he, he when the car went by at 100 miles an hour, when he pulled back, he went over an embankment and fell 17 feet below. Ouch. And uh, we had to have him uh, extricated out of there. Border Patrol, the CBS News actually stopped another Border Patrol agent and said, hey, this deputy's hurt bad. It's all on film. And I encourage people to go watch that. CBS TV News, Cochise County Deputy Injured. It's Chris Van Cleve is the uh, the reporter. We have a, He did a seven-minute seven interview on national news about this incident in Cochise County. Watch it. It's, it's very telling. It's very emotional. Uh, my deputy suffered a broken femur, broken pelvic, broken broke, – both arms were broke, and brain damage. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say that. Governor Hobbs called me. A lot of congressional people called me here in the state. Uh, all the way from throughout. Who didn't call me was both our U.S. senators in Arizona. Kelly or Cinema, And I'm, I'm calling them out on that, not to be mean, but I'm calling them out because I, we can fight politics all day. We can fight budgets all day. This is, we, this is just yeah. common courtesy. Don't I don't come, care what your politics are. Yes, that's my point is I'm very passionate after almost 40 years of wearing this badge. If a law enforcement officer, I don't care, it's Pinal County, Tucson PD, wherever, we come united on that. When you set your personal opinions aside and get that, and uh, not even a, a, 
card or something from the staff. And if I'm wrong on that, I, I will apologize publicly in the show. But my understanding is they never called either. And that, that's just upsetting. But then again, I'll take it one step further. Our board of supervisors, not one of our board of supervisors reached out to check on them. Let me ask you this. If, if somebody from your city council or your board of supervisors assaulted one of your people, how would you handle that? The rule of law is absent politics, emotions, or positions, or politics. They'd be held accordingly charged. And so if somebody comes up and assaults one of my officers, or I've told my deputies and my officers in the jail, we don't stand for abuse, whether we're receiving it or we're giving it. We don't give it. If you, if you abuse somebody, you won't have a job with me. But number two is we're the role models, and we have to stand between evil and good. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing our job. So we hold people accountable is my point. Good. Everybody should do that. Everybody. That's 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 what makes this country great, you know? Nobody gets exceptions there. Okay. You've got the National Guard coming to the border. Are they already there? No. Um, the governor pulled them back. And we saw this coming. You know, you, you always got to be visionary in government right now because the uncertainties are driving government. So uh, before Governor Ducey left office, we had a grant from the state of Arizona to backfill our National Guard that we saw leaving. We knew we weren't going to have them forever. Um, so we backfilled them with civilian positions to watch cameras, to support camera maintenance, uh, which covers our whole state of Arizona. It's not to go just Cochise, the whole state. So we backfilled them. But here's where the problem lies is they took them out of our jail. As I just gave you the numbers, our jail's 40 years old. It's collapsing. Though we got a new one on the on the way, but that's going to be a couple of years, several years. In the meantime, I need help in the jail. So I just made a request to the governor's office several weeks ago and say, I need National Guard in our jail. Because that's a, that's a depository filled by the troopers, local law enforcement, and sheriff's deputies. We have to have more support in our jail. So I've been working very close with the governor to make that happen. So when they come to the jail, they're... They're prison guards. They don't have weapons on them, right? No, none of our people have weapons. But where they can help us is on the administrative role. Right. But most important, as a secondary eyes and ears for security for the officers. I mean, when you have a building that's collapsing, let me I hate to say it like that, but it's a, it's an infrastructure nightmare. I've seen your building. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it. it. It's just, wow, it's in bad shape. And it should be. It's 40 years old and hasn't, no offense, people in there don't like it, so they beat it up. So... Having them extra eyes and ears in the mind there to back up, back up my people and back up the operation is critical right now. So, what about the White House? Are you have you invited them down? Have you invited Biden down? Yes, on behalf of national sheriffs, on behalf of Western State Sheriffs, Southwest Border, we've done our part. I, in fact, I got a call here about two and a half months ago saying, Sheriff, we want to come see you. It's the White House. And this was the assistant to the White House chief of staff. So, and a couple of senior leaders from CBP. So they came and saw me. I assembled some, uh, with, with agreement with the White House, the, the police chiefs in the area, some mayors. Our mayors are unified in Cochise County. We're all sticking together on this. This is not like the sheriff's doing his thing. No, police chiefs, troopers, mayors, we are standing united on this. So we all came together to meet the White House. It was a very direct conversation. It was a very frustrated, driven conversation, which you kind of hear a little edge from me today uh, about where we've been the last three years, and we're not happy about it because we didn't create it, but we're not getting help. I get very little help from the White House. All the stuff I'm talking about, the money and all that, mm -hmm. I get very little. I, in fact, I get none. Besides Stone Garden, I get zero. We got 
they gave us, and, I, and let me just make sure I'm correct on the record, $2.2 million they gave us uh, for the new jail. For, okay. But this, you think about it. When you deal with 44% of their people committing international border crime. You should are, have the majority of the funds down on the border because you're dealing with Yes, it. we're on the front line. 2.2, the state of Arizona gave me 20. That should be backwards. That should be reversed. I should, that's what I mean. And, uh, but now they, there's so many restrictions. We just talked about the other day that we might give that money back. I know because we got the jail district going in place and stuff. Because I hate to say it, and it's going to sound horrible, but the federal government has so many restrictions, so many guidelines. You really got to question: Is it really worth the effort? I know. I'm trying to get a grant right now, and it's been just crazy, the hoops they yes. are asking me to jump through. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I just spent weeks, weeks. So the White House, yes. So they, uh, we had a very good talk. One of the biggest things I put besides everybody's collective frustration was this president has chosen not to meet with one sheriff in this country. That's so, that's really sad. Does he know about the border center you have, that new building? We talked about that. Uh, he does now because I was told that they were going back and they were going to brief the chief of staff who was going to meet, brief the vice president, the border czar, and the president. So I got an email several days later from the White House saying, Sheriff, can you um, support your allegation about the president? Because we have no recollection the president was ever invited by any sheriffs. Well... I sent four invites on behalf of sheriffs, from national sheriffs all the way down to them, and then CC'd the uh, executive directors from the different organizations, four sheriffs associations, excuse me, and said, they'll have more if you ask, but here's four to get it started. There you go. <laughs> and um, uh, then I get a call from another White House staffer, and then we had a meeting over two weeks ago with Tom Perez. Tom Perez is the former Secretary of Labor under President Obama. Um, on that call was myself, the President of NSA, the President of Western State Sheriffs, uh, Vice President of Major County Sheriffs, and then uh, Southwest Border. And so it wasn't a big group of sheriffs, but it represented all the sheriffs. And so the frustration that was shared with the White House, Tom Perez, and who was very cordial, very cordial with us, but he made a statement, and I, I want to share it. He made a comment. He goes, Mark, he goes, can I call you Mark? And he said, of course. And he calls, I called him Tom. But he said, Sheriff, we have apples on apple trees that are rotten because we don't have labor to pick them. Now, Sherry, that says it all. Well, it doesn't say it all, but it says a big part of what, where we're going here on the border. But here's what I said to him. Under our public safety national security, we need to have a discussion. And we need to meet with this president because he has failed to meet with one sheriff. And I confirmed that several times before he got off. He goes, I will get back with you. Since that time, it's been crickets. Crickets. Wow. One email was finally sent back, I think, Friday, um, saying, we'll let you know when we hear something. Wow. So I have a meeting in D.C. in February, a National Sheriff Association meeting. And if we don't hear by then, by Friday, uh, February, you will see National Sheriffs come out with a campaign on that. I promise you. Let's do a show. We will. because Bring them in. Think about this. this. Is not the sheriffs are supposed to be your community-trusted public safety leader, transparent to the people. Right. If we can't have a transparent public safety meeting held by the leadership within the four associations of sheriffs, 
with the White House, who's also an elected leader. Let's not forget, we're elected. It's not like, you know, we're somebody that was picked out of a uh, okay. committee. A 98% of your sheriffs are, don't quote me on the number, but it's like 98% are elected by the people. So to deny us, decline us, is is just insulting. Let me just say that. You have a new um, police chief in Sierra Vista. Yeah, Chris Heiser. Very good police chief. Uh, just getting to the ground running. He grew his career up there. Um, he's doing very, very good. And with all the regional teams we have down at Regional Dispatch, Regional Investigation Teams, Regional Border Team, Regional uh, Communication Center, having chiefs that believe in regionalization makes all of us, our job easier. I was going to say that has to make your job easier because there's there's a, a group effort, not people combating the the progress which yes. is really frustrating. Yeah, we we have to all look forward. Do we all agree? No, I, I don't. We're never all going to agree. But at least we're sharing uh, the public safety message together. One, we call it a uh, multi-badge, one-mission approach. So how does that work? Do you have people from other areas of the country coming down, like, for a week at a time? Or how does the, how does the program work? Um, the Safe Streets. Yeah, so Safe Streets, we use the Arizona sheriffs because it's so simple. It's simple in the fact that I went to the state of Arizona. This I went to Governor Hobbs uh, and uh, state people and said, hey, we need some help. So they helped us fund this. So deputies that came down were actually getting reimbursed through the state of Arizona, which really helps us. But also, what happens in Cochise County is not just the citizens of Cochise County's issue. It's the state of Arizona's issue. It's the country's issue. Uh, so... They come down in a week at a time, like you said, and uh, we housed them down there. Or we all stayed in the same place, and they did daily briefs, and then they went out there and worked side by side. We issued them radios. We had a, a safety plan that was put out there like any good operation does. County attorney met with them on his requirements for these charges, and then they hit the streets. And after a couple hours, they are out there just like us. There was no difference. But it so- might be Yavapai or you know, Pinal. So are they coming down on their days off? Are they, is it, you know, I know they're being paid, but is it, how does that part work? No, they're, they're they come assigned? down on their work week. That's their work week. Okay. So spend it in Cochise County. And I'm really, and I'll just say thank you to all my Arizona sheriffs, 13 of us that work together so closely that I told them all, I just told them that this week we had a meet up in Phoenix this week. I said, I'm really anxious to repay the favor. When your county's in need, I will send you a plethora resources just to repay the favor because right now we're in need all four border counties are in need if you think about it and you you have some amazing people working for you i've, oh, I've met quite a few of them and i've been impressed with every one of them oh i i i brag on this and you know we got a very sound cultural um group of people that believe in the people believe in the mission believe in what we're doing yeah and uh and uh, i'm just so impressed i i just Gives me shivers. I, I'm just so excited where we've been over the last 12 years, my 12th year, uh, <coughs> as I come into it, that where we've been and where we're going. Are you hiring? We just hired six yesterday. And are they starting the academy, finished the academy? What we, happened? We also have a regional police academy. We started with partnership with our college down there. Oh. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you why we started it. It's kind of a, I'm a very transparent person. People say, oh, I can't believe Sheriff said that. Well, I'm government. I should say it. I mean, why hide it? We, for 30-some years, we've used the Tucson Academy up here. Right. The state reimburses. All this comes through. Uh, it's a regional academy. Under Chief Mangus, not the current chief, Chad's doing an amazing job. But under the former chief, 
62, 63 subscribers of that academy gets an email in May. Now, state runs budgets from July 1 to June 30th. So our budget was set, submitted. I got a letter from him saying, effective like October, first part of October, four months later, we're going to start charging you $15,000 per recruit. And that was from Magnus? Yes. <laughs> I called him. I called him and said, Chief, what are we doing? I sit on the post board, and nobody knew this at the state level either. Yeah. And uh, in fact, one of his sergeants sat on the post board too. It was, I don't know if he even knew. I'm not saying that. So I called him and said, what are we doing? And he made the comment to me. He goes, he goes, Sheriff, he goes, why would the taxpayers of Pima County pay for your law enforcement? Because you're a regional academy and you get reimbursed by the state. Conversation didn't go well from there. I'll just say that. <laughs> That's why we have our own regional police academy at the college. Uh, I know Chad's uh, building those bridges back. He's a great chief up here in Tucson. You guys are very fortunate to have him. But yes, I'll just say that. He is. He's very good. But I'll tell you, that was disturbing. We have to work together, not against each other. So you started an academy down there? Yes. But how awesome is that for the people down there in Cochise County? Yes, and we got about $6 million through the state, the college, to build our dorms, do all that. So, And we, this is where the that bad actor ran into the academy? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Now we're, now we're moving the academy from the main campus, which is out between Douglas and Bisbee, to... Uh, uh, Sierra Vista right now, just because of the logistical purposes, and they got a sub- satellite campus there. But so yeah, we're gonna have dorms, indoor shooting range, all the stuff. The state gave us over six million dollars to help enhance that. But my whole point on that is, uh, we are hiring homegrowns. We're very fortunate. I think we have two openings out of ninety nine right now. Is what we have. Mm-hmm. We're, we've done very well. And and I've said this, and I'll say it. I did it on media too. Is when they did about the recruitment and retention here last year. I made a comment. I said, you know, yeah hard to retain it's hard to recruit with all the scrutiny out there and all the challenges it's very competitive and people aren't applying <laughs> but we went after homegrowns with our regional academy but let's not neglect the fact that a lot of agencies are suffering not because of the scrutiny not because of the competitive market because their leadership at the top has failed yeah let's not forget that either nobody yeah. wants to talk about that but we as law enforcement leaders have to be competitive we have to be embracing and empowering and we need to understand where we're going a lot of them can't do that because they're, they're drinking political Kool-Aid instead. Did uh, Kamala Harris come down to the border? No, I, I have not seen her. I mean, she went to El Paso, I think it was. Was it El I, Paso? I thought it was El Paso. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. I No, I know she's been to Arizona two or three times for Freedom and University College program that she's doing. And um, I think she went and did something else in Phoenix. I looked at one of the new technology buildings, but no, uh, no. And that's where it's frustrating, frustrating, too. We're trying to protect this country. But where's the federal government? They got a piece with us. They do. They got to collect like a Lego. You got to have that part of the Lego. So what about the student loan thing? And this is off the subject of, of sheriffing. How do you feel about the student loan forgiveness program that they're doing? Well, I think it opens a Pandora's box. Number one, it is it's, it's a due process. It's kind of real. It's the cousin of the rule of law. In the fact that, you know, you sign a piece of paper that I agree to do this. It's like yes. no different than buying a car. Yes. <laughs> so at what point are we going to start relieving debt for cars or what or debt for, you know, you want to go buy a stereo, whatever it may be. It's, it's what we call the disciplines within this country. And when you start taking the disciplines away and, you know, life's not easy, but life is not meant to be easy. 
You're supposed to be responsible, too. Yes, it builds responsibility, pride, all the things that we do when we buy a home or purchase a home. Those are supposed to be special moments. Take away the special and see what happens. And that's what I, I have a real problem with, the forgiveness. I went to college, got my master's degree, went and served the military and got some money out of the military to pay for some of my college. But I paid for my master's. I paid for my uh, or bachelor's degree. Cause I, I agreed to do that. Yeah, I worked three jobs to make that debt go away because I, I just, okay, I'm responsible So in here, and make it go away. A quality in our country is supposed to be a top brand. But so if you currently have a loan, you get it taken, set aside. But if you start school tomorrow, that's not set aside. Where's the equality in that? I, I just think we're going backwards on that kind of stuff. The, the I'm all about helping people. Our country should help people succeed. But we can't give out handouts. That's a whole different way you of helping. take them to raise. Helping somebody, you know, giving them a hand up is one thing, but taking them to raise is a whole different story. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, there's there are good paths and there are lazy paths. Let's not take the lazy path. Exactly. So, what is the solution? What what do you envision a solution to be for what's going on at the border, and what kind of people should we be looking at to elect into these offices? Well, we need people that's going to recognize that rule of law. Right. And we're going to recognize the oath that we take. Let's start with right that for a minute. Is I take an oath, you know, board of supervisors, mayors, governors, the president of the United States, congressional members, that oath, the most primary thing in the oath, the oath too, is protect America. Right. Protect our communities and follow the rule of law. Let's get back. After we do the Pledge of Allegiance at every ceremony in the country, let's do the, our oath. If we can get back to that, we're going to solve some things. we got to prioritize our border. Border security is a paramount uh, priority of any elected official because that's public safety, national security. We can't bury that under political safety, and that's what's happening. So we got to prioritize it. We got to have rule law with actionable consequences, reasonable consequences. We need enhanced oversight on the judicial side. Listen, if you put judges at all these um, port of entries in regional areas that can address the immediate asylum, credible fear claims, nine out of ten. And that's what everybody says. Nine out of ten would be denied, which means you de- de- you incentivize those that are legally need to come in the country, but you take that 90% that are abusing our laws, you send them back right then and there. Right now, they don't have any judicial oversight. Secretary Marcus told me that when I said this to him. He goes, I 100% agree with you, Sheriff. Wow. And I want to say this on the budget. All the debate in the budget, and I continue to say this, we're giving all this money to Ukraine, money to Israel, the last of the, the amount comes to our own country. But here's the problem people need to ask. What is the operational plan for the money that's going to go to CBP? They say border security. Show me that in writing because right now it doesn't say that. You can spend trillions of dollars to hire more border agents. If they're not going to be there to secure the border, but they're going to be set aside to do processing, expedited immigration, Right. Have we solved the border security problem? Absolutely I want to see not. that in writing because that's not there. Words are cheap right now in Washington, D.C. Show it to me in writing. But we have to collectively come together, local, state, and federal, or we're going to continue to push money into a money pit. It's not, <coughs> excuse me, it's not been easy on the border people. And every time I see the news and all these people, I think of you and all your your deputies down there trying to deal with that in the border patrol guys and we've got some great board do you have a do you have a helicopter we do we got a helicopter paid through the state of arizona and that's helping us tremendously on rescues 
on um, uh, pursuits, especially. Yeah, you I was run from say us. Pursuits. We'll take you all the way to Phoenix, so we'll have the big helo above your head all the way through. But yeah, that's it's been a great thing. But I, I'll say this in closing, if I could, Cherry, is we're not going to give up hope, and we're not going to give up our our innovative practices. We're going to do what's right legally. Do what's right to do everything we can to protect not just Cochise but our state. And someday, it is a season. We're going to believe that the federal government will re-engage and this is going to turn around. I want people, this is a, an election year coming up. I want people to, you know, think about who you're voting for. Vote for the person, not the party. Yes. Because when you vote a straight ticket, sometimes you put people in office who shouldn't be there. So that's vote right. the person. And, you know, that's why I'm an independent because I, I always research. That's right. Who are you voting for? Any, meeny, miny, mo doesn't work. And I'll echo that, Sherry. Starts at the community level. It does. Everybody looks Absolutely. at the president, and I get that. I 100% get that. But look who you're voting for, for school boards, you know, fire mm-hmm. boards, you know, city councils, board of supervisors, sheriffs, all the way through. Go meet with that person. They don't meet with you. That tells you everything. Oh, absolutely. And there's a couple of people who are local that I've tried to have on the show that don't show up. Yeah. Won't answer their phone. Yeah. What are you hiding? Well, exactly. <laughs> and and you work, never forget, elected officials, especially at the local level, that's something we take pride in, should be transparent with those we serve. Or we should be easy to touch and talk to. Yeah, they work for you. That's right. And this, this video on the CBS News... Yeah, Chris Van Cleve, Chris with a, I think it's a K, Chris Van Cleve, uh, Cochise County injured deputy. You should be able to pull that up. Uh, it's a telling video. I'm going to look for it and see if I can post it on our website. Yeah. The other one that does a lot of good, and I'm just going to give a shout out, is Allie Bradley from News Nation. If you look up Allie Bradley uh, from News Nation Border Programs, she does an amazing job of, she's the border rep from Texas to California, uh, but she's another one that just, really sees it clearly and puts it out there. If we're wrong, she calls us. If we're right, she calls it too. She's good. That's good. It's nice to hear that somebody will say it as it is and not make it up as they go along, which we've heard a lot of in the last several years. Oh, yes. Probably the last 12 years. So I want to thank you for coming on because, you know, we up here don't always hear exactly what's going on down there. Our local sheriff doesn't doesn't share a lot of information with us. And so I just want to thank you for being honest and in protecting us because everything starts in your county and it moves forward. That's we right. haven't we didn't even talk about the public housing that they're creating up here. Yeah. Which scares the heck out of me. <laughs> but, we, we we just we gotta get some management back in our border. You know, yeah. when when Secretary Marcus says the border's effectively secured, shame on you, Secretary. No, it's not. All no. you have to do is watch turn on the news, any news station. Well, and you'll the, see thousands of people. Look at the non-political stats. They tell it all. Yeah. They do. So, thank you, everybody. I I want to remind everybody, if you want to go to the uh, event we're having on January 3rd, please go to our website and sign up for it. Seating is limited. It'll be very informative. You'll, you won't be disappointed that you went. And until next week, shop local, stay safe. And thank you again for coming up here. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you, Sherry, for all you do. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah.